0: welcome to against all odds part of the ring podcast network cousin sal here it is wednesday june 26th we are running out of sports we really are actually ah, uh, women's soccer is keeping us going baseball is keeping us going our ceo of the podcast master tate frazier he's keeping us going
1: what's happening tate not too much sal let's keep it going
0: yeah, we are uh, coming off a big basketball week, I guess, in terms of uh, the NBA draft, which by the way, I'm going to bring on the Degenerate Trifecta, but they went 6 and 0 with their picks between the uh, NBA draft selections and the props and their best bets. 6 and 0, red red hot. We'll talk to them in a second, but uh, and then Monday night, they had the awards, which we pretty much knew uh Moonholz was going to be coach of the year. Who won? Who won? Sixth man was Lou Williams. Defensive was Rudy Gobert, right? And then MVP was Giannis, right?
1: Yep. Giannis MVP. And then we got uh, Siakam one most improved, which is pretty good. I think the big break, the big takeaway was that it was all international guys that were winning the big awards, especially with Giannis oh, right. MVP
0: that's right. Were you okay with the winning MVP?
1: I think so. I saw, uh, you know, the rockets came out and had all these, you know, different James Harden stats, you know, scored 40 plus points, 28 times a season, 50 plus nine mm-hmm. times, you know, and then the 60 plus twice. But you know, if you look at the, the annals of history, I think, uh, it will remember Giannis fondly for the defense. I think he was number three in the league in defensive win chairs. And he's the first guy since Kareem in 75, 76 to average more than 27 points per game, 12 rebounds per game. More than five assists per game and 1.4 blocks per game. So uh, if you're Look in Kareem you. territory, that's, uh, that's pretty good.
0: Wow, I love it. See, I count on you to go through the annals of history because I, <laughs> I just can't be bothered with that stuff. But nice job, Tate. And I agree. Giannis was the MVP. I, I like his game so much more than Harden's. Um, we're going to talk 2020 NBA MVP odds. Those are out already. Hey, Rob Stone, the analyst, lead analyst for the uh, U.S. Women's Soccer Fox coverage, um, yeah, he's coming on. He's calling from France. Do you believe that? I don't think
1: we've ever had anyone call from France. Um, it's, it's our first international guest, and he's American.
0: Yes, you're right. You're right. We had Lamar Odom call from, like, uh, basically from a crosswalk <laughs> on, um, like, uh, what was it, like, Bedford-Stuyvesant or something. I don't know where it was. I think was, he was on
1: Bleecker Street.
0: Yeah, that was it. He was on Bleecker,
1: between bleak and bleakest.
0: Uh, on the right line right now, I talked to you about these guys, 6-0 and last week, my boys. My gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards of wagering, my overlords of the odds of the degenerate trifecta, brother Bry, Harry, and Darren, the parlay kid. Congratulations, guys. And what's happening?
2: What's going on, Sal? What's up,
3: Sal?
0: What's going on, buddy? 6 0. Oh, I feel like, you know, you, we, we want to like maybe get, want to not peak, but you want to get red hot, so, sort of late August, get into that uh, NFL season, you know piping hot and then we can make our picks from there but okay we'll take it we'll take it in june right um i got screwed as far as the draft goes on the international player i would have won lock it in three weeks in a row and i had real money on this prop uh, that an international player would be drafted in the uh top 10 now i didn't think about it at the time because i thought the uh the french guy was going to go to either the wizards or the bulls or something but rue achimura Unbelievable. He gets picked in the top 10. I think it was number nine. Does not count as an international player. Tate, I know you think because he played at Gonzaga that he should not count as an international player. Is that true?
1: I think if the guy has to speak in another language like he did, he had to basically say, you know, congratulations to the country of Japan, then that counts as a guy that should be international. That's an international qualification right there if he's speaking in Japanese to the entire country. So uh, I'm upset about this.
0: Thank you. Parlay kid, jump in there to my defense here. I understand he played at Gonzaga, but uh, honestly, there's been you no know, proof uh, as of yet that Gonzaga is even in this country. Um, well, well. I don't care. The word he played <laughs> last year, but um, there's, there's pictures out there of this guy with the international team in Japan Yeah, uh, with, with guys with all due respect, who don't look like anything, anything like the guys on this podcast. So I don't know, not an international player.
4: Yeah. Well, what, what is his language of origin? I mean, is like first language. Do, do we know that? Is that is it? It's Japanese. Is, do we know what officially what his language of origin is? Yeah,
1: yeah. Japanese. Yeah,
4: that's his first language, and that's what he is. I mean, if that's his first right. language, then uh, that's what he is. So you should have won. But Brian and I keep winning on these uh, these draft things. Uh, I wish there was a draft every night. For something yeah it was, might be Daniel a little bit Gaffer, more successful
0: the Arkansas center he had over 25 and a half I jumped on that yeah that was in your sharp yeah I thing. guaranteed
4: I that. that I guaranteed it yep got you it going in the and 40s I had uh, or go in the first round i know that he went, he went 38 went 38 so we said we, he would be close to 40 going about number 40 and that's he went 38 that was an there easy one and we had I also had redick over seven and a half he went uh 10 I believe right so
0: yeah Cameron, uh, Cam Cam easy easy money
4: Mm-hmm. Easy stuff. It was yep. I somehow I missed out on the NHL draft, Brian. Did you have anything going on in that uh, draft? I, I missed. No, it. I
2: didn't. Usually every year I do like the no goalie in the first round. I've been yeah. doing that, but I did not yeah. do that this year. Brian.
4: Brother yeah. Brian.
0: It was it's usually a half a goalie. This year it was over under was one goalie. They kind of screwed you. Yeah. Uh, the stuck yeah, it to yeah, you there. Exactly. But I think it was one exactly. Um, what did you have, Brian? You had uh, you had Culver over four and a half, and then uh, U.S. Sweden under two and a half. Those were two big wins.
2: Yeah, and, uh, some nice wins. Culver over 4.5 looked good right away because we we heard as soon as that trade happened with the Pelicans uh, that it looked like the Hawks wanted to take Hunter. So even before the draft started, it looked like I won, won that bet, uh, similar to Harry winning his bet. And then, yeah, the under 2.5 of the Sweden-USA game, I had to sweat that one out, though, I'll say a little bit. Uh U.S. got that second goal early in the second half. And then uh, I know Carly Lloyd like, just missed the goal again uh, late yeah. in the game, I think in the 90th minute. So uh, lucked out there. It went like seven extra minutes. Uh, but uh, hung on for the uh, 2-0 yeah. win and the under 2.5. We're
0: going to talk more soccer with Rob Stone. going to call in from France, like I said. If he's around, I don't know what time it is. Tate,
1: what is it, like 3, 4 in the morning there Yeah, right now? let's say 3 in the morning. That sounds good. All right. He, he better do this.
0: I mean, he's, he's got to stay. I, I would do it for him. No, there's no way I would. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's going to uh, give us a winner in the USA-France um, game. Harry, you had Paul Casey in the top ten. What was that, the Travelers Tournament and and Andre Hunter under five and a half, and you hit both, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, Hunter under five and a half. Uh, I really thought he was going to go to Cleveland, but then the Hawks made a bunch of moves and traded up and everything, so they grabbed him at four. So uh, under five and a half was an easy winner, and uh, Paul Casey – uh, yeah, like I said, top 10, he finished tied for fifth, uh, and that was a plus 170, too. And may I add also, in terms of international calls, let's not forget, I did make a podcast entrance into uh, the show about a year ago from Costa Rica, so let's uh, remember that.
0: Oh, that's right. That's, well, we can't really <laughs> yeah. forget it, because it's your, um, it's your profile picture on Twitter. You uh, <laughs> making passionate love with a woman of the night, right?
3: Thanks to thanks to Parlay Kid's uh, son, right? Uh, that
0: was, I don't know how he got that picture, but yeah. <laughs> well, if only you had time, I change it. But no, you got to you have to leave yeah. it up there. Um, but Harry, all we hear about is, um, and we should say this game for the championship baseball NCAA title is uh, going on right now. All we're hearing about is how you had Michigan at a hundred to one, and they currently lead one nothing in the top of the first. Now the Parlay oh. Kid. Parley Kid took Vanderbilt. Actually, put money on Vanderbilt at eight to one. This would be a bad loss, Parley Kid. We're watching out for you here. But Harry, uh, no, well, go ahead, Harry. Brag about well, the. Well, the thing is, it's like need, I told
3: Brian and Darren, I'm like before <laughs> June, it was the NCAA regional, and uh, and Michigan was playing uh, Creighton in game one, and I told both them. I'm told them Creighton is going to lose. Michigan is going to win through this region. They're going to win the super regional. Even if they play UCLA, which they happen to play UCLA, and they beat them in three, and now they play—they're in the championship game. They haven't given up more than four runs the entire College World Series, and I didn't play them when I called it. it, it. Month
0: right, but Brian, Brian, make your point because you, you brought up something interesting with this hundred to one.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. So they first started out right, like two hundred to one, I think, before the playoffs started. Then they were fifty to one right before the Super Regionals, I think. Terry, is that right?
3: Yeah, um, exactly.
2: But. The problem is Harry keeps saying it every day, every day, every day, but let's not forget he had a chance then after he said it to get it at 20 to 1, he had a chance to get it at
3: 15 to 1, he had a chance to get it at
2: 10 to yeah. 1. Well, well, that was well,
3: 6 it, to 1, then it was in, plus in two fairness, three. I'm trying to be a nice guy cuz I know Sal was loading up on UCLA and, here and there. Well, you guys were taking UCLA against Michigan. So well, I didn't I want to hear loading it. loading
0: up. I don't remember that. I <laughs> loaded up you I you know? had,
3: you have, had UCLA against Michigan in game I'm one, pretty, game two, didn't you?
0: Since when does I'm, Harry care about what the rest of us have? Honestly, wow. well, I, I, should I go back Harry, I,
4: I think the one time Harry bet the College World Series this year, he bet against Michigan. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty that, sure. That, right. Texas, <laughs> Texas, wow. Texas Tech game, Harry. Yeah. I, yeah, 15. But I, I
2: will say I do sympathize with Harry there because that's like a pissed off bet. You're like, you know what? I haven't told right. them the whole time. You know what? They're going to lose, and then I'm just going to bet against them. Uh, luck.
0: That's fine, Bry. But he's now now he's blaming. Now we're supposed to feel bad because we went and bet other teams on this this cockamamie p- prediction he made that he didn't even back. And now it's our fault that he didn't have money on Michigan. Well, we, yeah, and then plus, plus he
2: said the other day too. He's like, I, I'm not. I, I said, Harry, are you gonna take Michigan. And he's like, No, I'm I'm rooting for Darren to win his bet. I'm like, When does that? When did that ever yeah. stop somebody from betting it?
0: Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, was but a, Darren I, made the one, so bad. I'm
3: rooting for Darren.
0: All right, let's all root for Darren. uh, Full disclosure, brother Brian and I have Michigan plus two and a half. We've done this sort of like every game, and they're only like minus 135, minus 140. So there's a way we could all win tonight. Let's root for that. Right, Tate? Let's root for winning. Yes,
1: and also, Harry, you're being a great guy, so I'm on your side, Harry. (laughs) Nice one, Tate. Nice
0: one. (laughs) All right, Harry's being a great guy. Let's uh, no more college baseball talk for a minute. Let's put it to the side. Let's talk NBA MVP. 2020. Yes, next year. Giannis won it Monday night. I was happy he teared up. I made the uh, observation that James Harden tears up anytime anyone comes within six feet of his uh, shooting hand. That's the difference between their games. But uh, he is the three to one favorite to repeat. Harden, five to one. Curry, seven to one. Kawhi, without a team, eight to one. AD, 10 to one. LeBron, 10 to one. And Jokic, uh, 12 to one. And the list uh, goes on and on and on. I'll go first. I think Giannis at three to one has good value. Uh, they had 60 wins last year, 54 over under for this year coming up, which is interesting. Well, they're going to drop off six and, um, you know, it might be a down year for the East. I'm thinking, depending on where Kawhi goes, uh, as Tate pointed out, the numbers are incredible. 28 and 13 average, a finalist for defensive player of the year. And I think that goes a long way in these voters minds. And I just love his game. And I think three to one is good odds. Um, Parlay, kid, you're a Harden guy, though. Well, not really. So I, That's who
4: I'm going to take here. But kudos to you, Sal. You I don't know. Maybe I missed you saying it, but you had Giannis at 5-1. You gave him out on this podcast and probably on yeah. Lock It In as well. So uh, kudos to you. I think had I had Giannis. On it.
0: Uh, Joe House had it. Yeah, yeah we, we, we all had yeah, it. We, my, I, we, had, we checked I had him Giannis, first but I had him on day. like
4: four different parlays that uh, right. none of them came in. So I just should have had him solo and uh, I would have won too, so nice work there, Sal. Congratulations, 5-1. to one. That's a big win. That's a big win. But, Sal, I like Harden at 5-1 to one next year. I don't think Harden was slighted for this award, but I think there are people out there that do. He did average 36, point, uh, 36 points per game, which is the seventh highest in NBA history, uh, along with 6.6 rebounds, 7.5 assists. I mean, most years, Sal, if you hear those numbers, you do say that's a lock for MVP, right? Those, those numbers sure. are uh, off the charts. Uh, I do believe Giannis deserved it. So I do think, though, the edge will go to Harden. If this is close next year, I think Harden will get the benefit of the doubt. And I think Houston's going to be a better team because they're going to have a band named, by the name of Jimmy Butler playing with them. Uh, and they're going to win their 60 games next year. Harden is always in the lineup. He's never hurt. Averages 79 games per year over the last five years. He's going to, going to approach those same numbers. He's going to be somewhere from 30 to 35, if not more, like he was 36 this year with his six-plus rebounds, seven-plus assists, and that Rockets team is going to be slightly better once Jimmy Butler joins them. So I like Harden at 5-1. to one. Good time to jump on.
0: All right. Yeah, I mean, his numbers aren't going to change much. He's still going to get the calls and the fouls and the figure right. threes. And everything exactly. Exactly yeah, his game will be the same. Yeah, I think you're the the big thing, as you pointed out, is can the Rockets be a top three team in the West? Because I think that's necessary. There was the one year that uh, Oklahoma City was not a top three team, and Westbrook still won it. I mean, he had like dynamite numbers. I mean, not that harden didn't. I mean, you could you could have given it to Harden this year, too. Yeah. but I do think you need to make top three with the Warriors out of the mix, like you said, probably uh, the Rockets probably will end up in the top three in that fifty seven to 60 win range um, brother yep. Brian who do you like you're, you're going off the board a little bit
2: yeah I'm going to go off the board I mean I do I will say I do like Giannis I think there is still value there at three to one look there's been I think this century there's been like five back-to-back uh, champs uh, MVPs I should say uh, so I think there is still some value you know over the next few years he's going to win another one so I would probably just keep taking him until he wins it but uh, I'm going to say Jokic at 12-1 to 1 is pretty good value, especially considering he finished fourth this year in the MVP voting. Look, he's still only 24 years old. He's gotten better every year in scoring, rebounds, and assists. Look, last week I stated a case for Denver to win the title next year. Now, there is a path for Jokic to win MVP next year as well. Look, so if they get – I mean, you have to figure there's a possibility Denver could get a one seed in the West, or maybe even if they get close to sixty ones next year. So they won 54 this year. So if they get – now, if Jokic can replicate his stats from the playoffs next year, he definitely will have a shot. So he, he averaged 25 points a game, 13 rebounds, 8.5 assists, and also shot like 40% from three. So yeah. when you when you look at these MVP guys, again, like Darren was saying, you want to look at like workload and Jokic, Harden, Giannis, those are probably the guys that are going to probably still at least play uh, 75 games, I would say. Everybody else kinda has a little bit of red flags between injuries or workloads. So I think Jokic here, again, if he can get his ass in a little bit better shape and just I, I think we could definitely see the playoff Jokic during the regular season next year, maybe even a little bit better. And if you get those type of numbers, again, for a fifth year guy. At twelve mm. to one,
0: I, I kind of like that value. Well, yeah, you're right. Playoff Jokic did benefit from like a six overtime game or something in <laughs> there, but no, I, I think you're right. That was one when we said, "My God, is he out of shape?" But uh, yeah, he won't be asked to do that every night. Yeah, same same as the parlay kid. Denver ends up in the top two. I think you can make a case for Jokic uh, top two in the West uh, to go against Giannis in the East. Um, that's a good one. Now, Harry, you don't are not considering workload in, in your pick, are you?
3: Well, I, you know, look, I am taking LeBron James at 10-1. to 1. I don't want that to happen either. Like, uh, Darren doesn't want Harden to happen. But I'm going to make a case for, uh, for him at MVP. He's a four-time MVP champ. Uh, he, if he were to make it five, it could be the greatest one at 34 years old. Last year was a complete disaster, obviously, for him and the Lakers. Um, but things are falling into place for James to make a run at MVP. Uh, he got his guy, Anthony Davis and him and Davis will probably be the best one-two combo in the league. Uh, You don't have to worry about KD in the fall. I feel with the Rockets and Harden tanking again in the playoffs, voters may shun Harden in MVP voting. Uh, Now, since he's kind of a fraud when it comes to this, they can't get over the top in the playoffs, and that hurts him. Uh, Golden State may finally be... Uh, on its way down, especially since the Lakers are now the odds-on favorite to win the championship. Uh, if he stays healthy, which you know this past season he only played 55 games, but if he stays healthy, puts up big stats, close to averaging like close to a triple double, uh, for a 34-year-old vet, I think they can overtake the Warriors for supremacy in the West and maybe make a case for MVP if he does put up those big numbers.
0: But what? All right, I have a couple problems with this. First of all, for for LeBron to be ten to one. He really should probably be about fifteen or seventeen to one. But what kind of numbers sure. is Anthony Davis going to have to put up for LeBron? Well, to that's, that's the, well, here's the thing.
3: Here's the thing that I think. No matter what kind of numbers Davis puts up in the media, isn't it still going to be if he puts up great numbers? It's going to be because everyone's going to say because of LeBron. Because of LeBron, he's putting up these numbers. He's the one passing him the ball. He's the one dishing to him. He's the one creating stuff. He's the one with running the point for the most part. So it's going to be still be LeBron's team. Even though Davis is going to put up stick numbers too.
0: Well, no, no, because Anthony Davis has put up good numbers in the past. It's not like Patrick Beverly goes to the Lakers and, and lights. Oh, that, I, and I understand, it's,
3: yeah, it's but you don't. You still don't. I mean, okay. So, so if LeBron averages twenty eight again, like he did this past season, 28, 10, and eight at thirty four, right. and Davis still gets his, uh, Davis gets his twenty five and and, and 13, 14 rebounds. I think it's still LeBron's team in terms of NBA. If you're going to go MVP, there's still going to be LeBron's team, and it's going to be LeBron getting the MVP votes a little more than AD. All
0: right, Tate, maybe a little more. But, Tate, I have three problems with this. I think they'll split votes. One, I think they have to come in the top three in the West, which is doable probably for the Lakers. If You know, I don't know what the, they still need a shooter, I think. Uh, two and three, work workload. You know, is LeBron – he's got to figure it out. He just has to make the playoffs, you know. Can he win with playing 60 games, 55 games? I don't know. What do you think, Tate?
1: Can he win with only four players on the roster? That's the real question. So yeah. uh, they got to figure that out. And then I think you're right, uh, Harry's right in a sense that LeBron's going to get all the credit, regardless if Anthony Davis is averaging 28 and you know 15, whatever it is, something crazy. LeBron's still going to get, you know, he's going to be the top dog there. And I think that's kind of an understood thing. So I could see LeBron. Tate, getting Tate the what do you think there. of
3: the rumors today? I like I heard a lot of stuff. Maybe. Uh... D'Angelo Russell comes back to uh, come back to the Lakers to be the third scorer on that
1: team. Yeah, uh, Palinka came out and said that he never wanted to trade uh, D'Angelo Russell, and that was Magic's decision. So I, I like the revisionist history that Rob Palinka is putting out to the world. which is <laughs> Nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see a world in which you know. People don't jump on this Lakers bandwagon if they start winning games and they start having the, you know, the heat, big moments, the big plays where LeBron's throwing down thunderous dunks. I could see him just riding that with the media. And then, you know, if he gets his fifth MVP, he ties Jordan and that whole narrative goes on. So I could see that playing out. But the the one guy that I see that is kind of really deep down or not too, not too deep down, but I think Dame Lillard and the Trailblazers are going to have a big year. Uh, hmm. With with the Splash Brothers out, and I like uh, Lillard twenty five to one, just to see if he can have one of those Curry years where they go off and they make a real run at a title.
0: That could be interesting. That could be interesting. What did they? They had fifty three wins. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's right up there. Uh, he just annoyed me so much in the playoffs. There, he just he had that giant game. He knocked out OKC with that shot where he's still looking at the camera, and then I feel like he didn't show up. I feel like he got he didn't you know he didn't get killed as much as he should have by the media for um, not taking that team. Well, I guess they beat Golden they got to Golden State but then they got uh, swallowed up there. All right, I don't know yeah, Harry, I don't know if uh, you rooting for if you got if you have a, a team with Russell AD I don't D. want it
3: to happen. I don't or want it to happen. If you have that
0: team with Russell AD and LeBron, that team has to win like 71 games for LeBron to win. Right, Brian, or Darren, Parley, kid, somebody. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, I agree.
2: Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I mean everything you said between workload, they're going to have to I don't think they really do. They care if they win sixty-five games or if they win fifty or if they win forty-eight. I don't. I don't think they will. I think the optimal thing for them is just to be healthy going into the playoffs. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I know they'll want some home court advantage, but still, I think as long as the as long as those guys are healthy, that's the main thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's going to suck for season ticket holders who are only going to get to see LeBron and AD play 40 games together. And you're going to have to guess, <laughs> or you know, or or even worse, you don't have season tickets and you're buying them on a whim and, and neither or one of those guys plays. I don't know. Maybe I'm too negative about it. The good news is we have a long time to think about this because it's June 26th, but I thought it would be fun to uh, get into it. Now, that brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe riverboat casino where each week the degenerate trifecta and i set sail tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events this week the captain's going a little broad on us here you know there's a lot of uh a lot of soccer i've been taking in a lot of soccer and the captain has as well and he's looking and he sees um he would make a lot of rule changes and he posed the question which is the worst rule in all of sports now there's so many there's so many you could be on the list but he came up with these four as the tops. Offsides in soccer, four to one. A shootout in hockey overtime, nine to two. Uh, DH in the AL, but not the NL, six to one. And no kicking in the groin in the MMA. That's terrible, 35 to one. That's a bad one. The field at seven to two odds. Um, let's start with you, Harry. What's the worst rule in sports?
3: You know what, Sal? I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to take the field at seven to two, and I'm going to go the NFL, um, where. Uh, when a runner or someone's going out of bounds and they fumble the ball going into the end zone and it hit touches the pylon or goes through the end zone out of bounds, you lose possession of the ball and it's a touchback and the other team gets the ball. I mean, the pe- the, pen- uh, the, the penalty doesn't fit the crime here. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are so many adjustments that can be made and changed uh, in this situation. I remember two years ago, your Cowboys played Bryant for uh, Raiders and yeah. Carr ran to the sidelines and just lost the ball. No one even touched him in that. And I obviously I had the Raiders that night because I remember it was a Sunday night, and I was leaving your I was leaving your place that night actually. And then uh, and Dallas took over and I had the Raiders plus three, and they were easily would have kicked the field goal and stuff like that. That that shouldn't lose possession like that. I mean, you you go out of bounds at the thirty seven yard line, and the ball goes out of bounds. You get the ball back at the thirty seven yard line. So you can make adjustments if you want to make something. You want to hurt the team? Give them a 15-yard penalty from where the spot of the uh, play what happened before, something like that. But lose possession, especially late in games like that. It's insane.
0: yeah, I agree. It's a bad rule. I've been crying about it for. You. I feel like this is professional wrestling. Like I love professional wrestling before it got big, and then it got big, and I was like, eh, all right, I'm out. But that's how I was on this rule. This was my number one point of emphasis here with the NFL that they should change it. Now everybody's on. I was like, right, I moved on to other things, but yeah, it's too much. Uh, you're what you're doing is penalizing the athletic play. You're seeing an outstretched player trying to slam the ball on the pylon, reaching Bye. out. And then it comes loose at the last second. Uh, Rich Eisen wrote a call. He wrote for Peter King this week. Uh, and he, he, this bothers him the most as well. Um, he says the ball should be placed at the 20. I'm okay with that too. The offense retains possession. Takes it to 20. Uh, Polly Kid, what's the worst rule in sport?
4: So I'm taking the shootout in hockey. The shootout is plain boring. It's past its prime. Brian and I witnessed uh, John Tavares here for the Islanders for nine years. A super skilled guy, right? And this is supposed to be a skill type of thing. was absolutely brutal in shootouts. Couldn't make a move, was terrible. But when you got to see him play three on three hockey, that's when the real fun started. So why not expand that? five-minute overtime to whatever team scores. Uh, what of the sports, Sal, has a different rule in the postseason than they do in the regular season, right? In the postseason, it's five-on-five five in overtime, sudden death. And I understand you can't do that, right? You can't do that in the regular season. These players would be uh, exhausted. They would risk more injury. But go three-on-three three until somebody scores. It's much more exciting than the shootout. And I'm going to add a bonus rule change in hockey. And Brother Bry has said this for years three points for a regulation win, two points for an overtime win, one point for an overtime loss to put an emphasis on winning in regulation. Man, that would be so much more exciting for hockey. Somebody get Bettman on the phone. Make it happen. I like happen.
0: that. Yeah, you're right. There, there's, uh, there's, yeah, yeah. You have an an incentive to win in regulation. You can't go Maybe wrong with right. that one. Yeah, I'm that's telling a good you. one. That's oh. not bad. I, I, I will say this, and I, I, I think the best solution is what you said: three on three. Just continue that uh, throughout, so we don't see, uh, yeah, you know, 17 overtimes with five on five, whatever. Um, but brother Brian, we'll say this, and Paula Kid's not going to like this. I think you were awake for it. It was a U.S. women's team. Um, in the olympics Boo. it was late that was very exciting i will the, the the shootouts you didn't like that uh
2: i mean i don't in, i will say yeah in that in that situation i mean it was super exciting i remember being I really excited yeah, by I started that you didn't watch that i don't remember Exciting, but it, it it does kind of stink to win that way because it has nothing to do with the but guys. Game, con, you know. con, conversely
4: speaking, in the Stanley Cup game seven, you guys rather see a shootout nah. than you know, overtime nah. hockey? No, so that's just that
0: just nah, defeats three the threes, end, three that, three right? Doesn't that just take away three is the best, but it, it can be exciting. oh, it's the best, yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Well, Brian, what's the worst rule? I think that,
2: um, yeah, so I'll say, uh, well. There is so many bad rules, uh, so many bad rules in every sport. Um, But I will say the worst rule, at least, I mean, I've felt this way since I was kind of a little bit, since I was a little kid, but offsides in soccer to me is the worst. I mean, how many times, even in this World Cup, in the Women's World Cup, how many times have the announcers been getting this wrong? And they're seeing these replays, and it's like all this interpretation I get. Like, why is there interpretation? It should be like, I mean, I get that there needs to be offsides to an extent, but I I've always just hated the fact that, like, a defense can use a kind of strategy to force an off- offense offside. But yeah. so I, I really hate that. That bothers me all the time. And, and, you know, in soccer, you want a little bit more offense. Again, I get it. I, I get you don't want somebody standing right by the goalie. But how about, like, once the ball gets past a certain distance from the goalie? Like, once you're a certain distance from the goalie, there's no offsides. Because, I mean, even in one of the in the in the Germany game, they were, they were. There was a corner kick, and they were reviewing offsides. I was like, "How are you reviewing offsides on a corner kick? Everybody is piled yeah. on the goalie. Who cares at yeah. that point in time?" So, to me, I, and I think the biggest problem with this, the World Cup again, is yeah, there's just everything is so close. We don't. You and I keep going back and forth. Like I thought I knew what offsides was, but then I don't, and then I hear an announcer tell me it's offsides, and then it isn't offsides, or vice versa. So. Uh, that that's just bothering me forever. I feel like there should be some more concrete offsides. Um, yeah. I don't know if yeah. you can do it similar to hockey, but something. Well, and I, I feel
0: know. like it's, it's similar to possession in the NFL where you're just like, uh, I think I know what it is. Oh, they added that football move. If, well, just take that dumb football move thing out of there. And I think I got it. I think I got it. But offsides. Yeah, Brian, we've been talking like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Even in the replay, I'm looking for the referee to lift his flag or not yeah. lift her, her flag. But, uh, but it, it, it doesn't seem to happen consistently. But at least they have VAR to review it, VAR or, or whatever now. But that's a bad rule. But I'm going to take it soccer. There's a lot in soccer. But how about that they won't stop the clock? Just stop the clock when you need to stop the clock. This is so archaic. You're so precise <laughs> good one in every oh, other good. aspect of the game. With, 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 when someone has to take a kick, a free kick, you're, you're spraying the field with something that, I don't know what it is, but it disappears right away. You have to get that exactly right. You have to talk to every single player and tell her where she needs to stand, and where she can't move. But, but the referee still has the uh, power to add three minutes or three minutes, 10 seconds, or two minutes, 45 seconds, whatever he or she thinks. You might as well use a sundial here. I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't believe in this. Stop the clock. No, no one think No one will freak out if you stop the clock and then need to add time and have a precise calculation of, um, of how much time should be on the clock. Tate, what, what bothers you the most?
1: I like that uh, that change in soccer just because it, it seems like the, uh, the extra time is so open-ended and it kind of depends on what they want to see happen. If they want to give you know, the U.S. a chance to make a run, they'll give them five minutes or whatever it may be. Uh, for me, I think it's going to be one that's a, a strange rule that I noticed while watching tennis over the past couple of years. So when women's tennis, they can have a coach – on the sideline coach them and basically yell at them, uh, while they're playing in the match. But in men's tennis, they cannot Ooh. have that. Um, so I just want it to be an equal rule. You know, if you can have your coach, great. If you can't, you can't, I don't know why yeah. they have it in women's tennis and not in men's tennis. So who that's freaked what out changing. about
0: this? Someone got screwed
1: over like, by this recently, right? Yeah, it was, uh, I, well, can't, I can't remember exactly what it was. Brother Brian probably knows. Well, there was that big Serena coach right, thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Like
2: with, the she looked at it. She looked at her coach or something, and it was yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, you can't even look allowed. at
0: your. Co- I mean, that's uh, you're really just uh, you're, you're analyzing where yeah. your, the players' it should, is. It's crazy. They it should,
4: they should change the etiquette in those games too. Let fans go nuts the whole time. I, yes. I like it. Too quiet I at those like sports. Golf too.
0: Everyone screams all the time. All right, that's another yep. week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live, like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly captain's orders all right we got the ufc in the next couple of weekends we're going to be off next week um we are taking off fourth of july like uh real americans but we will be back but in the meantime there's two cards this saturday and next saturday uh this saturday you have francis aganu the predator against junior dos santos and then next saturday we have uh, amanda nunez against holly Holm. that's ufc 239 and then the big one john jones against Thiago santos now uh, normally, we we flounder around and we make picks and they win and they lose. I thought we'd spice it up a little bit and bring in an All old right, friend right. of ours. I've reconnected with him. He's a big MMA guy. He likes boxing. He's making his Against All Odds debut. He wrestled with us at John Glenn. His name is Darian McGee. What's happening, Darian?
5: How you doing, What's good, friend? How you been, man? <laughs>
0: I'm excited to have you on. Like I said, you uh, went to John Glenn High School with us. You didn't go with Harry. Harry is a member of the G- Degenerate Trifecta. You went with brother Brian Socoli and uh the parlay kid, Darren Socoli, and myself, and you wrestled with us, right? Were you in when I was a Absolutely. junior and um, Darren was a senior, you were in ninth grade or tenth grade?
5: I was a I was a freshman at that time. That's correct. Yes. That's
0: right. That's right. Now, Darian, who went by Pookie back in the day, but he changed his name. He went like Prince. He was like, you know what? I'm, a, I'm changing this. I'm going. <laughs> I'm not going to be a symbol. I'm, I'm going back to my birth given name. And now he, one of the toughest kids to walk through the halls, right? Parley kid, like, yeah, Darren, you agree? You taught. You're no still doubt. No doubt. Area, oh, right? Man.
4: Nobody, nobody messed with uh, Darian. No, nobody, even as a freshman, I think there was, uh, you didn't want to mess with him. Lightning quick hands, this kid. Knock you out in a second.
0: By the way, I think Harry who's also on the phone here, I think third grade Darian McGee would beat up Harry right now. Is that, is that true?
5: Y'all crazy. My yeah, I don't no, hear. man. It was uh it was fun growing up with you guys, but I, I came from a little a family of eleven. Wow. So yeah. you know crap rolls downhill.
0: <laughs> you could swear, don't worry about it. We we swear all the time on here. Uh but yes, and uh, yes, you were tough. You come from a tough family. Uh, now you're a big MMA guy. You like boxing. We're gonna ask for your input. Now that first fight—that's this Saturday, Francis and Ganu. I mentioned the Predator, 13 and three against Junior dos Santos, 21 and five. Um, the spread—he's a favorite at minus 265. I don't know if you know too much about gambling, Darian, but that's a pretty substantial favorite, especially in MMA when anything goes. How do you see this fight taking place?
5: Oh, uh. Ngannou's hungry. He's young. You know, he's, he's enormous. He's he, You know what I'm saying? He's a real presence in the room. Not only that, he, he moves like a lightweight. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I was actually watching some things on TV, and he hits with the most force that they've ever registered. You know, those right. force things where you hit, and you see how hard you hit? Well, I'm going with Ngannou.
0: You like him, right? Yes, and I, I um. think Dos Santos has given up like 12 to 15 pounds. Uh, yeah. you know, it, 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 some fun things happen. Like, uh, and ganu said, he's not a black belt. Dos Santos isn't a black belt. I think at this stage, does it matter if you're a black belt, you're knocking guys out? Like, uh, he's just, he's, he's picking on Dos Santos, but it's funny. Uh, back in March, Dos Santos knocked out Derek Lewis in the second round. Um, Nganu in November lost to Derek Lewis. That was in July. I'm sorry. Uh, that was a very weird uh, decision. It was a unanimous decision. He didn't he didn't step up for that fight. Um, what do you what do you think, Paul A kid? Nganu or Dos Santos here?
4: Yes, felt like Nganu by knockout. Um, I think as Darren was saying, he kind of basically said what I would say about this fight. I think both fighters are on a kind of a nice roll. Dos Santos has won three in a row. Nganu has won two. But I think Engano is the younger, fresher fighter. Uh DeSantos will throw in bunches. He's got some power, but nobody has got power like Engano. I think he's gonna back him down and eventually end this fight uh, with the knockout. And by knockout he's minus one about one seventy, you can minus one seventy. So you can anticipate him winning by mm. knockout in that fight. But this should this should shape up as a pretty interesting fight. But I think Darren, as he's saying He's, he's right on with saying that. Engano just a fresher fighter. I think this, Dos Santos has a lot more mileage on him. So let's go with Engano by knockout.
0: He really is fresh because in February, uh, who was uh, Cain Velasquez blew his knee out, and Engano uh, put him out in 26 seconds. And then in November, Engano yep. beat uh, who was it? Curtis Blades in like Blades. 45. Blades was very seconds. good. So yeah. It, yeah. Has it, yep. Has it? Yeah. Darren, do you see this by knockout or could this go the distance?
5: I think he's going to put him out. Let's, yeah. let's say this for instance. This kid was homeless. This kid was, mm-hmm. you know, he's still hungry. Even if Del Santos came from an impoverished background, that was way back in the wind. You yeah. know, he's on. He's living on top of the world right now for the past few years. And Gano is hungry. He's yeah. hungry. He's young, and he hits with precision and speed, and he moves around like a lightweight, you know? Right. I don't know. How much weight did he give up? What? 16 pounds,
0: 18 pounds. Yeah, that's what, somewhere in that range, yeah. It yeah, like it's it. gonna be. Like, well, Sometimes I agree he's with like you. Young... So, you know, Har- Harry on our podcast is hungry also, but he really he couldn't find <laughs> his way out of a paper bag. But I know what you're saying. Uh, he's gonna. All, all right, so, so we're straight. all saying uh, Nganu by knockout. We think with the win, Polly can you think that? Uh, those, it's weird that those numbers aren't out yet though. But I think it'd be. I think you're right around 170 somewhere in yeah. there. That'll be a fun one. Let's go to, uh, fast forward to next Saturday, T-Mobile in Vegas, UFC 239. Uh, Amanda Nunez, 17 and 4. Holly, the preacher's daughter, home, uh, 12 and 4. Nunez, a big favorite, minus 350. Uh, Darian, how do you see this one going on?
5: You know, surprisingly, I know where the odds are and all that stuff, and uh, she's a two-division champion, uh, Amanda Nunez, but Holly Holmes is always been the sleeper. We're not you know, mm. she beat big ones. She beat uh, uh what's her name? Um she's on top of the world, uh Ro- oh, Rossi was, Ra- right? Rossi, right? She beat Cyborg. Ronda Rossi, yeah. Yeah. She she she's uh she works good under pressure. And so I'm gonna mm. pick, you know, against oh. odds. I'm going against all odds here and I'm picking <laughs> Holly Home straight up.
0: That's a big upset. That's pretty good. Brother Bri plus 270. Here's what Holm has going against her. She lost to Sevachenko and Cyborg, and Nunez beat both of them. Um what do you think, Brother Bri? Uh
2: yeah, I'm 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 going with Nunez in this one, but uh I hear what Darian's saying here. Um but I mean, you know, the styles make fights here, so Holmes could be a little bit of a different matchup here for Nunez. Although I, I don't picture Nunez losing here, but I do know Holmes is a bitch to fight. She's a bitch to stop in the ring. So she's only been stopped one time, against once against Misha Tate, and that was like a late-round submission. So I think what's going to happen is Holly's going to – she'll be smart. She'll move around the ring. She's in phenomenal shape. You know, she's just constantly moving. Uh, so I think if she can stay away from her early bombs in the first couple of rounds, I think once you get – once she gets past maybe a second round, you know, Nunez will start losing a little bit of power, and I could see this being a Nunez decision. And then a Nunez decision, I know you'll get uh, pretty good odds with that one because I'm guessing. I think the over/under four and a half rounds. The over is like minus one six. Uh, the, the under, I think, is minus one sixty-five. So you're going to get plus mm-hmm. money to plus money to go over the rounds. And then for a, a Nunez decision, I'm thinking you're probably going to get around like plus one seventy. So. Like I said, I think Holmes is is a, is going to be a different challenge for her to fight, um, but I still think she's going to win.
0: You yeah, know, Nunez says she she went on record a, a couple of weeks ago says she is the greatest woman fighter of all time, and I I don't know I tend to disagree. Um, Tanya Pottinger, Maya Costin, these girls could fight. I don't know if you remember them. There they were a little older than you. They, they have to be in the conversation, right?
5: Oh my goodness. <laughs>
0: i'm sure i'm missing some poly kid right who in our who in our school would fight all the time Uh, oh god uh, turn the bus upside down all right let's go to uh let's go to the main event now i hope this takes place i love when john jones fights um you know it's funny when baseball players do steroids and you could tell and they they set records it's like ah that stinks i wish i wish i could see what they do without it i don't care what john jones I really don't care. I don't care when he fails. It's like fighting to me, it's a different thing. It's like, yeah, you want to be the toughest in the sport. Just figure it out. Go, go do it. Go be, be what you want. There could be an asterisk by your name or whatever. But John Jones, he just, I think he got um, a fight license, just got it from the Nevada Athletic Commission. He's been drug tested 30 times since March. And he passed, allegedly, he passed every single time. I don't know. Maybe they just tested them all in one day, but... Um, he's been suspended 15 months. He's 24 and one, goes against Tiago Santos, who's 21 and six. Uh, he's a huge, huge favorite, minus 600. Um, you could take him by KO at minus 134. That's the best odds. You could take him by submission plus 275 or by decision, 5 to 1. Um, and then Santos by KO, 6 to 1, decision 16 to 1, submission 21. Darian, is this just going to be a typical John Jones fight where he just mauls everybody?
5: Yeah, I see this that's how I see it playing out. Uh mm-hmm. he's an absolute phenomenon. He's a fighting phenomenon, and uh, you know, uh he has no stop. He has no, you know, I- I've seen him hurt, but I've never seen him stop coming forward, man. You know, that's I'm saying John Jones, and I'm saying by knockout mm-hmm. or or submission. I'm gonna say submission. You know, All right.
0: well uh, you can submission. get good numbers on both. They might maybe take both by submission, plus 275, by knockout, minus 134. Uh, I know I had him – I bet him under – who was that against, Brian? Against Anthony Smith, and he won by decision. Yeah, Anthony Smith. The weird thing with Jones is the the one thing that could happen is he could get disqualified. His only loss was by disqualification. He could have gotten disqualified against Anthony Smith. He hit him when he was on his knee. So something stupid could happen. But if you just go by by pure talent – that's one parlay kid, right? John Jones is the the winner. Do you say KO or submission? Yeah.
4: I agree with, I think it would be smart to take both of those. Sal. I think Jones was a little mm-hmm. disappointed uh, in um, not putting away Anthony Smith last time. I think, uh, even though it was a dominant, unanimous decision against Smith, I think he was kind of disappointed that he wasn't able to put a guy like that away. And I definitely think in this fight, uh, he's certainly going to look, I mean, Santos is 35. I mean, look, Jones is no spring chicken anymore, but you know, he hasn't fought. All. He is kind of a, again, a, a fresh fighter. Cause he hasn't done a lot of it with the suspensions mm-hmm. over the last few years, but the guy doesn't have a weakness. Uh, I think he's going to, uh, this isn't going to be going to a decision. Let's take him as, as Darian said, I think he's right on again. Let's take it with by either uh, submission or by knockout. I think you can't lose with picking one of those two.
0: Yeah, uh neither fighter has uh fought in 120 days, about 4 months. Uh, it's funny, Santos provoked Jones. He called him a Reuter, I think a couple of days ago, and Jones right. said, "All right, you know, I was ready to keep it keep it real and now it's like right. he's like there you go. Someone's calling me out and he, Jones said something funny. He said 95% of my opponents insult me, uh, take my personal life and insult me. Uh, 100% of them end up losing. So it's going to be interesting. He has an 8-inch reach advantage. Harry, you want to jump in here? I know you did some research on this.
3: I did a little bit. You know, you guys love this stuff. I I don't. But, uh, Darian, see if you you like uh, my uh, information here. I I went by the numbers here. I mean, I did look. Santos has won eight of his last nine matches and seven of them coming by KO. And uh, five of the last seven matches for Jones have been by decision. So by the numbers, Jones by decision at five to one looks, sounds like it could be somewhat doable, and it's nice odds.
0: It's just hard yeah. to root for, right, Darren? You're watching John Jones fight. You 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 you're rooting for the knockout, and it's just it's a tough. It, if you're rooting for the decision, it's it's tough to go that far, right, with him?
5: Yeah, it, it's pretty tough. But people look at John Jones a little bit differently, in, in my perspective. You know what I'm saying? In, in the boxing realm, it's, mm-hmm. he's almost like a, a Conor McGregor. You understand? Mm-hmm. He knows he's good. He knows he's probably gonna win, and he walks with that arrogance and that. So they, some people even know that he's gonna win, but they root against. Him. You understand right. what I'm saying? They have that. It's like that Mayweather feel. You know, he knew Mayweather yeah. was the best, and he he was he would show you. But his arrogance kind of made you root for the other guy. You know what I'm right. saying? It's John Jones, exactly. he, he's, he's, he doesn't have a weakness. His, his whole family of fighters, it's, it's a con, uh, conditioned and a learned uh, way of life. You know what I'm saying? He's at easy. and he's always calm. Yeah. He's, in the, he's like in a in, in um, tornado. In the middle of the tornado, it's calm, yo. know. Right. And that's where he's at. That's where Larry's at.
0: Darren Barlow oh. kid he rest, he wrestled that in New York right John Jones.
5: John Jones, a New York
4: State champion. Yep, absolutely. Out he's in New York. That's yeah, that's right. right. And it, and his you know his family's full of athletes. I mean they you know they they were wrestlers in high school, but I think right. uh, you know two of them played in the NFL. Very good players, Arthur and uh, who am Chandler. I missing there? Chandler. What's the brothers?
0: Chandler.
4: Chandler Jones. That's Chandler right.
0: Chandler Jones in the NFL. Yeah. All right. All uh, right. Can I ask Darren? Can I ask Darren a question, Sal? Maybe ahead. can yeah, I ask shoot, one question? Uh,
4: Darren, are John yeah. Jones or John Finkin?
5: <laughs> <laughs> John think Finken. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Finken would
0: bleed all over him from the start, and he'd have to stop the match. John Jones might have to. <laughs> he might. He may quit because of uh, blood all over him, but uh, coming from Finken's nose. How many times have we seen that? My God. I'd pay Let me. Anyway.
5: John Finkin, I, I love him, man. I'm going John Finkin. To the, let me tell you a little story real quick. Go ahead. I was in high school, and I took my first road test. I went in John Finkin, he had a, uh, I think it was an 88 uh, CRX, red. Yeah, red, that's, red, that's right. right. <laughs> you, you, you. And he took me to the, uh, my road test, man, and I failed. <laughs> I knew it had a little bit of water on the ground so when I pulled off from the curb that shit spun out
2: <laughs> I
0: love well, it yeah, no,
2: that's great
4: yeah, I that's don't know you have a
0: license either uh, you should have to pass some uh, the mental tests to uh, get a license alright here's what I'm going to do Darian I'm going to take uh, yeah. I'm going to put my money where your mouth is I'm going to make a nice parlay on uh Francis Zaganu, Holly Holm, and John Jones. And that'll pay That'll pay some good money. And when it does, I'm going to send it your way. How, how do we like that?
5: Now, don't say that on the air and don't do it, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it.
0: I'm going to do it. But you can't send on. any to John Finken. <laughs> Otherwise, the deal's off.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy. That's my boy. It seems like I, I just seen him yesterday. You know, Facebook with Facebook and everything. But I would love to see sit down with him and talk to him, man. <laughs>
0: speaking of No, you wouldn't it's not it's not that good trust me uh, speak, speaking of facebook darian does this uh he does uh well t- tell people what you do
5: oh i i've been doing a little spoken word spoken word right and, uh, yeah it's like poetry but it's uh you know it's kind of slowed down and sped up and i mix it with song so it was a mm-hmm. new genre really of 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 entertainment called Spong, S. Spoken word and song, S P O N G, Spawn. Mm. There so, you go. You know, yeah, kind of slick. I like it. People like it. I'm getting good, you know, uh, response on it. But uh, where can
0: people find you on Facebook? It's very impactful. It goes on, and you, you, I mean, you just talk. You speak from the heart for like ten minutes, and if people don't like that, they could uh, catch you beating the crap out of a punching bag. I mean, he, he does it all. This guy.
5: Thanks, man. They can find me at uh
0: Darian McGee,
5: D-A-R-I-A-N-M-C-G-E-E. That's on Facebook, and, uh when I am on stage and I entertain, I call myself Dark Soldier, and that's uh D A R C, as in cat instead of K, and S O L D I E R.
0: I like oh, it, stop. D-A-R-C, Soldier, and it's Darian McGee. You can find him on Facebook. Thanks for uh, calling in, Darian. I hope we can catch that parlay for you. No doubt,
5: no doubt. Good talk to you, man. Good catching up with you. On, All right, kid. Thanks, Darian. Peace.
0: All right, that was it. Darian McGee, one of the toughest kids in jungle in High School. Still got it. You can watch him on Facebook. Um, sharp tank. These guys went three and Oh last week. They're each going to give me a pick. I think I've gone with, uh, the parlay kid three weeks in a, in a row. Is that right? Parlay kid with well, two weeks. Yeah, in a row? I think
4: you have. So no, I think it's, uh, I think it's three. So you finally all caught right. a winner last week. So
0: let's do it. You all won last week. So, uh, let, maybe we'll make it four. who do you like this week? Parlay kid.
4: Yes. Okay. Well, so it's ironic with this parlay just took with, um, with our boy Darian there. that I was, uh, so it's kind of ironic. I'm yeah. going to go a little off that, though. Uh, so what I'm going to do, son, I, I don't really know some of the exact odds here, so we might have to estimate a little bit. And maybe Brian, as I'm putting this together, Brian, you can give the final odds out for me if you could do that. Okay. So, so as we talked about, I like Engano by knockout at minus 170. That's the first part of the parlay. We already mm-hmm. talked about it, so I don't need to talk about it again. Um, mm-hmm. I like John Bones Jones. Uh, let's say by let's say by submission as well, all right? So that's what Darian went with uh, by submission. Bri, you have some odds on that, Sal? I know we had some odds. Yeah, that was like plus, plus 275. All right. Yeah. And then Amanda Nunez by decision. I believe Brian called that as around plus 170. Okay, and that's a big, big-time parlay right there, Sal. That's um, gonna maybe be Brian bad, yeah. could. Come up with some numbers, and I kind of like it. I think this parlay has a chance. Engano by knockout, Nunez by uh, Nunez by decision, and uh, Jones by submission. Kind of a fun one to go with, uh, sure, you know, right. obviously, especially if Engano could hit. So uh, I, I don't exactly know cause some of those odds are not available to me uh, right
0: why now. Don't have, uh, why don't we have uh, Brother Brian run those numbers, and Harry, you give, uh, you give your best bet yeah. while he's doing that.
3: All right. Um, well, normally I'd go with the golf uh, like I did last week, but uh, they're playing in a uh, new tournament uh, this week in Detroit, so uh, don't really know the course. Players aren't familiar with that, so I'm going to stick to the soccer here, which you guys have been all over the, for the past week, week and a half, two weeks. So I'm going to go with the Copa America Cup. It's in its quarterfinal stage starting this weekend, uh, and I'm going to take Uruguay at minus 140 in regulation, to beat Peru. In Peru's last 11 games, they've only scored more than one goal twice. Uruguay has scored more than one goal in seven of the last nine matches. Uruguay still led by stars Luis Suarez Luis Suarez, and Edinson Cavani. Look for Uruguay to jump out early and win this game one to, or two to nothing.
0: Oh, oh, man. At minus 140 in regulation,
3: Uruguay's up. the pick.
0: Edison Cavani again. Oh, he's he's only talking about Edison Cavani. All right, Harry's going Copa America. (laughs) Brother Brian, what's your best bet?
2: All right, well, you know I've loved these, like, will a penalty kick be awarded in these uh, women's soccer World Cup games? So uh, one of the stats I had found, because I was looking for this forever, so in the 44 games that have been played, 20 Mm -hmm. penalty kicks, well, 20 games have had penalty kicks awarded, so – close to 50%, almost half, like 40-something percent. But on all these penalty kicks awarded, you're going to get between plus 170 and plus 190. So probably somewhere around there. So if you would have taken a uh, penalty kick to be awarded in all these games, you would have made a ton of money. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take, will a penalty kick be awarded in the France-USA game at plus 170? Look, both teams have had penalties awarded in two of the four games. This will likely be a lot of offense in this game. And for some reason, I just get a sense that there's going to be some type of controversy in this game surrounding some type of penalty kick. You know, with all this, look, even when penalty kicks don't happen in these games, there's always a review for a penalty kick. Um, So there's always that chance. So I think at plus 170, I love it, especially in this matchup. I just feel like it's going to end up coming down to a penalty kick.
0: I like that. I will, uh, I'm going to talk to Rob stone about two minutes about that. Um, did you figure out the odds for a parlay kids parlay?
2: Yeah. Oh, and so the parlay kid, I mean, based on what we're projecting some of the odds to be, it it would be about 15 to one.
0: Wow. That's tough to pass up. Um, and I would recommend someone jump on that because all those are very viable, um, results. Nunez by decision, John Jones by submission and Ganu by KO. Uh, but as far as me wanting to walk away with a win here, Harry, you're the Copa America. I know you just brag. You just want to show everyone, you know how to pronounce Uruguay and not say Uruguay. We went through this last sure year. i do know
3: how to pronounce it. I just like him to win the Picked it out on
0: a map. That's good. <laughs> Maybe it'll win. Uh, brother Brian, I have Brazil, by the way, at even odds to win that uh, Copa America. I'm going with you, Brian, with the penalty kick. I'm going to talk to Rob Stone about this. I think there's going to be some VAR controversy. I think it may not go our way. Uh, and, yes, and I think we're going to look at it. There's going to be someone's going to touch the ball in the box or maybe slightly touch the ball or get their toes stepped on uh, six seconds after the ball is cleared or something. And I think you're right. If you get plus 170, that's a good number. So I'm going with Bry, um, his best bet. There will be a penalty kick in the France-U.S. game on Friday. Tate, do you have any, uh, any suggestions on these games?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I, I like what you're saying there, what Brother Bry was up to. I like the, I like the penalty kick, so I will agree.
0: Tate's had enough. He wants to move on to
1: Rob Stone. I
0: understand. We've been at it for over an hour with all the glitches and everything. All right. Uh, Rob Stone coming up. He's going to call in um, right now. All right. On the line right now, a true legend in the broadcasting field and... I say that not because of what he does on your television set every day, but just by the virtue of the fact that he's agreed to call me from overseas, a first ever on Against All Odds. You know him as the Fox Sports Studio analyst for the Women's World Cup and so many other things, Rob Stone. Thanks for coming on Against All Odds, pal. (laughs)
6: So this is it. I'm the first international guest because I could be more American. This is <laughs> it. The,
0: the first and last. Now you're calling, I'm going to say it's 3.30 a.m. In, uh, in Paris or wherever you are. <laughs> Come right on, here, right?
6: man. Don't be, don't be a bad, ugly American. <laughs> it's like 7.30 p.m. And, my, and you're, my kid just arrived and I'll give you one guess where we're having dinner
0: uh denny's well,
6: italian same thing right i'm like just give them something they know just give a play it safe man play it safe on day one we'll figure it out later
0: <laughs> you found a, an olive garden in nice france somewhere and you said i have to have that <laughs> they love that all you No, do i said 3 30 a.m because it makes me sound more important like, as if sure. you're waking up at that ungodly hour sure. I would get up up. Hey, you're doing a great job for there thank you yeah thank you thank you uh is it fun i mean i know the family's out there now our wives went out and had a few wines together i heard and, that. Uh, i don't think that bode well for us
4: no yes no,
0: but um <laughs> how is it is it great and now the the family's there is it changing yeah. dynamic
6: look it, it's a beautiful country it's a, it's a great city we're really fortunate to be where we are with our location you Now, i i find myself multiple times today just kind of mm-hmm. spinning in my chair and, and looking at the eiffel tower behind me and just Taking a mental break and getting lost. So it's beautiful. It's a wonderful tournament. It's, it's probably the most competitive women's World Cup that's that's ever been played. Um, we're getting some real big crowds. The American army has been here, and uh, the the second wave of the American invasion is, is clearly underway. I was at Charles de Gaulle Airport today, and just about every time I turn around, was another American fan with a with a U.S. soccer jersey on or a hat. Um, at the Italian restaurant, there's table right across from me is Americans. I'm outside right now with another group of Americans wearing a Colorado Rapid shirt. So um, that game Friday uh, two Eastern on Fox, I, I think, is going to be pro-American, even though they're taking on the host country.
0: Really? Wow. Oh, that's excellent. I was going to ask you, how did you said you took a mental, you were able to take a mental break and step back. How does it compare to the mental break you take when, like, uh, when you're calling the bowling tournament in Portland, Maine? Is it the same thing or <laughs> no, a different thing? No,
6: there are no, there are no mental breaks uh, doing bowling in Portland, Maine. It's, uh, it's planning it's planning your uh, your brewery tour session for once it's all done and where the heck am I going to get a lobster roll? Uh, the scenery isn't quite the
0: same. Right. <laughs> Mental breakdown, maybe. Your night, like, yeah, right.
6: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, what's the schedule now? It gets a little easier for you, right? Now it's Thursday through Sunday. This is a, a Wednesday we're calling yet, and uh, uh, you go Thursday through Sunday, one game, and then not nothing until Tuesday, Wednesday for the semis, right? It's
6: uh, it's actually a doubleheader on Saturday. So the first quarterfinals are Thursday. The U.S. quarterfinals Friday. And then uh, an earlier start Saturday with two games, and then everybody heads to Lyon for the semifinals and the championship game. So this is uh, the one day off, and then we, we go we go firing at it with um, England and Norway tomorrow, and then U.S. France, and then everybody else. So um, it's good. It's you know it's a proper tournament in the sense that you, you get bummed when there's an off day. You don't know what to do. You're you're lost people are like what do you want to do and i'm like i'm going to go to bed and then when i wake up i'm gonna go back to bed and i'm gonna have one more session in bed because we just (laughs) because of the hours and what we're doing here and the time difference you know the crew call is typically you know in the i don't know anywhere between noon and three but we're not getting to bed till threes or the fours just when you kind of Get your body back down and you do your proper research ahead wow. of the day. So it's been long days but good days. I, I I love this work and that's not a complaint.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I I could tell you don't know what to do on the off day. Like the concierge leads you to the closest Buca de Beppa and you're and you're on your way. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, do you want to go you this, the more...
6: or do you want to go talk to <laughs> Salad at an Italian restaurant? I'll take I'll
0: take the key, please. Salad <laughs> that sounded it's my favorite Billy Joel song. Um let me ask why do you think because this this is the kind of stuff that drives me nuts? Why? US, France, why on a Friday and not on the weekend? They could have put that game any time, right?
6: Out of, out of our control. That, that schedule is locked and loaded a long time. Um, they've kind of, they have a, yeah. a schedule laid out and then they just plop the teams into the groups and then where it happens is where you happen to fall. So, look, uh, in a selfish sense, of course, as the broadcaster for the World Cup, you want to be playing on the weekends. And um, ideally, if the US goes to the championship game, we'll get two weekend slots for them through the course of this tournament, which is one more than we had four years ago in Canada. And that, that tournament was wildly successful ratings-wise for Fox. And right now, um, surprisingly, we're, we're on pace to break it. And and that is stunning with the time difference and mm. uh, the people that are showing up and watching all these other games, not just American games. But then, and then the numbers, I don't know if you've seen some of these viewership numbers that We've experienced across the globe, you know, 30-plus million watching in Brazil, records in, in Norway and in England and Italy and just about everybody here in, here in France as well, you know, uh, upwards of 6 million watched in the last game. I mean, these are huge numbers. These are, these are numbers that TV execs fight for and love, and, and they're getting it with a women's athletic property right now that, frankly, I think we were like the only country that's really invested in it when the initial bid came out you know, everybody fights for the world cup bid for the men's world cup, but for the U S in our audience, it, it's a twofer, you know, th- this women's world cup has, has just about as much value as the men's world cup does. That,
0: that's that been great. Uh, every, every minute since, and you don't have to tell me about the ratings. We have a uh, lock it in on uh, FS one and we had tenfold ratings as, right. and, and following games like, uh, New Zealand Cameroon, like not even, not even huge games because yeah, uh, yeah. the U S plays on big Fox, but, but yeah, right. right. Been, the the, the
6: carryover effect is is amazing, and and that's why you invest a lot of money into a property like that because it, it helps you on on so many other fronts. You know, pushing eyeballs to to other shows that maybe people haven't experienced, and then they do, and they're like, "Well, I'm going to lock it in with lock it lock it from now on."
0: There you go. Now l- let me ask you this because this is you know it, it, this tournament did not run without controversy, and and maybe controversy that you sparked yourself, Rob Stone, <laughs> um, early on. We beat Thailand, uh, a team who I'm pretty sure that was their first uh, organized game of, of soccer ever. Uh, when we, when we played, what did we beat them? Was it 11 or 13? Nothing. I can't 13. remember.
6: 13 we was the point.
0: 13 nothing. And you had you took issue with the fact that we ran up the score, or that you that we celebrated too much, or both.
6: A little of both. A little of both. You know, I just I, I guess I felt a little old school going there, but the game was over. Um, Thailand was done there was no comeback we, we've made our point uh, and just to see it's kinda, it kind of it just felt like piling on to me and it just it, it wasn't necessary I, I didn't feel like that was something that would help further this tournament and further the growth of the sport internationally um, and through the course of the conversations after it, it's been fascinating because I, I had a, a huge swath of people that agreed with me and a huge part that said you're, you're completely wrong you're an idiot uh, you play the game it keeps scoring and you and just piled up. It's not your job to stop. But look, you know, we, how many NFL games have we seen where the line has gotten screwed up because the team is just taking a knee, right? Like that's it. That's it. I know we're in field goal position, but we're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to take a knee because this thing is over. And, and to me, I was like, just take a knee guys. We're, we're done. And, and I, I am happy that the conversation did move on from there. You know, VAR ended up kind of stealing the thunder from that one. But um, I, I, I'm also a, a big karma guy out in the sense of karma's a bitch and and it's going to come back to you and as i saw them celebrating and piling up these goals there was this the sportsman in me saying "Uh uh-oh you know this is this is going to come back and bite you at some time and and that's just me as a as a sports viewer you know uh, i'm a big north carolina basketball fan yeah and i'm like good beat duke and i love it but don't don't get too high on your horse because you're gonna you're gonna need that that three-point play at some other point in the season where, where it really, really matters. And in soccer, right. where scoring is the ultimate thing, don't burn all your goals in the first game, right? Save save a couple when you're really going to need it, i.e. Friday versus France.
0: Gotcha. All right, well, our producer, Tate, a big uh, Tar Heels fan, probably could re- relate to uh, what, what you're saying there. Now, what I will say, though, is maybe you may have more influence than you think because uh, some think that – this U.S. team might have gotten a little soft since you told them to, to hold back a little. No. 2 nothing over Sweden, that's okay. No. No. Two one, hey, I'm just saying, Rob. I have your back. You might not be welcome back in the colonies here if, uh, if <laughs> we blow it as a result of uh, this team hey, going soft.
6: I, I, had, I had a conversation with Megan Ruffino and Alex Morgan uh, after that whole thing came out. We're all good. Every, everybody's fine. We're all in this this battle together. And, uh, you know, look, that... <laughs> The way the schedule mapped out, Sal, the tougher games were down the road. You know, the two easiest opponents in the group were the first few games. So we knew tougher opponents were coming. Uh, Sweden's a really good team, and and Sweden changed their whole lineup, and they basically said, you know what? Without admitting it, I think Sweden said, we're cool finishing second place. And it's a really intelligent move because second place moved them to the other side of the bracket, the quote-unquote softer side of the bracket. Um, And instead, the U.S., hooray, you win your group good deal now you've got france in the quarterfinals you might have england in the semifinals you know it, it's a much more challenging journey but if you're the number one team in the world and, and everybody's raving and, and bragging about you then you shouldn't be afraid of anybody get out score your goals defend and move on and and i i do think that's what the u.s is going to do friday night here in paris
0: I'm with you, and I, I think you know. You talk about karma and everything. If that it was the case, in fact, with with Sweden, and I don't think they were better than us anyway, so it didn't really matter. But if you're trying to come in second, just to place yourself in the bracket, may, maybe that, maybe uh, the the sports gods take care yeah. of the rest of that. Now, let, let, real quick, before we move on to Friday, uh, Megan Rapino scores two on penalty kicks against Spain. I'm going to talk up the U.S. here. I think it's a little bit of overreaction. I'm not going to say. We pre- pretty much dominated, but I, and I know it wasn't pretty, but ten shots to four, 56 to forty-four possession. Spain fouled a lot; they were carded eighteen yeah. times, and probably should have been more. Are people overreacting? I'm not as worried. I, and also, I wasn't as impressed with France, who was a toss-up against Brazil.
6: Yeah, France had a down day as well. Uh, you know, for the U.S., we we didn't have that cutting edge. Um, you know, I think there were a couple of players that had that had some off moments. Uh, the giveaway that allowed Spain to equalize right after we had scored was was really ugly. You know that was that was JV ball, and and that should never be acceptable in the U.S. And um, the good thing is, and through the course of tournaments, whether it's in day tournament or college football playoffs, or anything, you're always going to have those moments. You're always going to have that down game or that down quarter or half. And and the best teams are the ones that that can survive and and pick themselves up from it. And I think that's A, what France did and clearly what the U.S. did versus Spain. And I give Spain a lot of credit. And it's easy to do when you're an underdog because they went in and, and they threw they dropped the wild card down on the table and said, you're, you've seen us play three games like this. This is who we are. Guess what? Against the U.S. as an underdog, we're going to push the tips over here. We're going to roll the dice, and we're going to mix things up, and we're going to be physical. And it's going to be up to you guys to figure out what we're doing and to adjust. And the U.S., I think, frankly, did not adjust uh, soon enough, if at all, um, they, we, we brag about the depth that this U.S. team has. They didn't make any subs until the 85th minute. Um, and, and yes, it was mm-hmm. survive in advance, but I, I don't think it was that pretty, but it doesn't, it doesn't freak me out. Um, I, 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 I'm a little concerned about our defensive situation, but I think we got this out of your system and they're going to come here to Paris and this is going to be, you know, this is a final in the quarterfinal. This is a proper soccer setting. This is going to feel like, um, you know, what, what a men's quarterfinal or semifinal would feel like. And I think that's why Megan Rapino and company are so excited because they know this is sold out. They know that at least 50% of this is going to be American fans. They know that when they're taking that bus to the stadium, they're going to be going by thousands of people that are out at the cafes and having the pregame beers and talking and yelling. And the atmosphere is going to be what, what these, these women, what these teams at this sport absolutely deserve. That's why she was calling it a, a you know, a blank show circus, and, and that's what she wants, and I think that's what she's going to get. And it's a, it's a positive thing, and it's an incredible um, a feather in the cap for, for women's sports, particularly here in soccer, on how far uh, they have come, how much they have grown, and, and what their product really means, and how it's viewed not just in the U.S. anymore, but internationally.
0: I'm excited. And I think the fact that the men's team is so uh, inferior, inferior, although they, they're, they're making a little bit of a splash over in the uh, what is it? The Copa America, right? Gold um, oh, I'm sorry. In the uh, gold cup. Yeah. Gold cup. Uh, yeah. It, it, it means even more to us that uh, this team survives and goes as far as they can. All right. I know your head spins off when I talk odds and gambling and everything, but yeah. I, I need a winner. I need to know. <laughs> is the u.s i know you like them to win in in regulation they're favored to win in regulation uh plus 127 that means you put up a hundred dollars you win 127 but as we see with france it could be weird it could go to extra time it could go to penalty kicks it might be better just to take the u.s to advance what's a better bet u.s to win in regulation which you get better odds or play it safe and u.s just to advance
6: uh oof. I think they win in regulation. I think it's a two-zero, two-one okay. type win. Um, I, I feel positive about them. I, I like how they managed their legs through the through the majority of this tournament. Uh, the last game, obviously being the exception, but they were able to rest um, one of their key midfield players sitting on a yellow card, and now she's got fresh legs. Um, I think you're going to see the U.S. make some changes and, and bring in like a Carly Boyd, uh, either to start or earlier in the game if things are, are ineffective um, I think this US team is, is looking at this moment and absolutely embraces it and says uh, here's our, our moment to remind not just France but the world how good we are and the second point is and, and I know you love this weird little betting type stat um, the last four major yes. tournaments France has lost at the quarterfinal stage which is where they are right now so they've got the fit of a, of a choker label, around their their necks right now and uh, and they are feeling the pressure of being the home country and the crowds that are that are watching them back home in, in the bars and that are showing up and their manager admitted it at the last game saying look something is missing I don't know what it is but some of my individuals are essentially not not stepping up and not handling this and I think I think this home field pressure is getting to us where on the flip side the Americans I think are seen as an equal home presence here in France and they're embracing it and it's this unexpected twelfth man uh, that they are getting, and same with the Dutch, um, that is really helping them progress deep into this tournament.
0: That's excellent. I, honestly, yeah, you convinced I don't know how much I'm going to put on them now. This is really, this is really a life change. <laughs> life. <Life-changing. laughs> I like everything I've heard that you've said so far. Hey, by the way, the, by the only uh, thing I worry uh, about, uh, though. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead.
6: No, I was going to say. By the way, our boy Simmons. No, no. Simmons sends yeah. me text like in games, like with, with the critique of what's going on on the field. And um, it cracks me up. I'll, I'll yell, I'll yell over to Lexi. Like, you know, the 70th minute. I'm like, Simmons is not happy with Alex Morgan right now. He's he's ripping her and he's, he's talking tactics and all this stuff. And I, I was just like, who the hell are you? Like, I, I, I know you as like a Celtics guy in a Red Sox fan and you used to hate soccer. I had to drag him to a soccer game uh, at Foxboro and We sat on the sideline I made him watch the game and he was like, all right, that bad they they play faster but you know hey it's still a little too much soccer for me that's the inside joke great great show great game a little too much <laughs> soccer uh and now he's all in it and he's barking tactics and he's telling telling our analysts uh, that we got it all wrong and that he's got it all figured out that's still Simmons. in the nutshell
0: everybody I love it. Yes, because he's sacrificed like three Sundays in the last few years to watch his, his daughter play uh, soccer. Well, oh, oh, by the way, while well, he's watching the Patriots on his iPad. Uh, right. Well, he's an expert. He knows it all. What are you going to do? Does. He does. <laughs> he's our he boss. <laughs>
3: um,
0: let, let, let me just say this. Are you worried? Uh, uh, VAR has worked in our favor. Are you worried there's going to be a controversial moment where it comes back to bite us, especially yeah. in France? in a tight game, or are we just going to, we're just going to not, we're going to take it out of the referees and the, and the reviewers. Hands.
6: Uh, look VAR has worked. Um, there's been implementation of new rules that started just before this women's world cup it wasn't FIFA it was the, the, the governing body that makes the soccer rules. So it, there's some new visuals and there's some new moments that are catching people off guard because bar is being utilized as that big brother, that eye in the sky to say, ah, ah, ah you're a little off. Uh, uh, your line, which was never policed before, essentially outside of the naked eye and some egregious error. So, mm-hmm. I think the players have already adapted to that. That was the big yell, scream, moan concept about VAR in the opening weeks of this tournament. And I think the goalkeepers now understand: okay, I'm I'm now being policed. I can't cheat anymore because that's essentially what people have been doing for decades, if not yeah. Generations is cheating yeah. on these penalty kicks. So, so they now know, no, they can't do that. So, advantage to the to the strikers, which I think all it does is just kind of increase the percentage of more goals in a game as well. And, but you're right. There, there are a lot of moments that are, it, it goes back to that karma thing where it's like, uh VAR found that mm-hmm. and saved your tail or sent you back to the dungeon. And if you get too many of those positive cards, you know, at some point that negative card is going to be dealt your way. And, and has felt that way. They thought they might've gotten that negative card in their last game. U um, S hasn't had right. really any run in with VAR. So I, Again, to me and my, 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 my sporting karma god would say at some point there will be a VAR incident that comes up that will be a correct call, but will go against the U.S., whether right that's right Friday or right right the that that, semi. What about. You're, you're right. It, 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 they are due, but I think France is going to be due as well. My guess is it's going to kind of um, equalize things out.
0: All right. Well, I hope that's the case. We like USA and regulation. Best thing you've eaten out there, real quick. I don't want to keep it too long.
6: Best thing, I, you know, it's great going out to dinner with the bosses because they've got those corporate cards and they, they just don't care. They're like, yeah, another, yes. another bottle of that rosé and that, whatever that is. And so I've, I've done the Frenchy stuff. Like I had the, I had the escargot, I had the frog legs. Um, I had all of that, like mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff that I just don't know what it is and that I would never in a billion years uh, pay for much less eat on my own dime and under my own volition. So I haven't had one of those. Oh my God, what a meal this was. Uh I'm just happy literally to be fed. Right. I mean that I when you have as many kids as I have, you're just happy that a meal is placed in front of you and there aren't hands just pulling things off the plate. So as long as I'm I can go to bed half full, it's it's a win win for me.
0: Look at you. Whether it's a whether it's a World Cup soccer victory or, or a, a great uh expensive meal, you don't you don't wanna celebrate. You just don't wanna celebrate. You just you keep keep everything even keeled. I love that. Love that about you. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: get, Go get don't, some don't get, rest, uh, don't get or
0: whatever. I forget what time it is. <laughs> it's again
6: it's like seven thirty. I gotta I gotta get my lasagna and warm beer
0: right now. Yeah, go get your lasagna cooked. I think there's a DiGiorno's around there. Uh, Rob, thanks for coming on. You're doing a great job, and uh, travel back safely with the thanks, cup, buddy. I miss,
6: miss you, big boy. Miss you, big boy. Okay. Give me a call
0: anytime. You got it, pal. Thanks again. All right, Rob Stone, what a guy. That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Email us cousin sal against all odds at gmail dot com. Watch Locking In weekdays. Four thirty to five thirty Eastern on FS1. Not this week—we're preempted by soccer. And Jimmy Kimmel Live eleven thirty-five tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta. Master Tate, Frazier and Rob Stone. I'm Sal. Saying so long and happy handicapping. Nine, nine, nine.